and welcome to another episode of A Little Something Extra with me, Nancy Gianni, and my daughter, the greatest Gigi Gianni. Whoop, whoop. Whoa, the greatest Gigi Gianni. Mm -hmm. Whoop, whoop. Mm -hmm. And we also have our executive producer, Franco, Franco Gianni. Yay. You mean the greatest Franco Gianni? Um, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Is there a name on this, this podcast, Franco? No. Do you have a house, Franco? No. Are you famous? No. Yeah, I think so. I'm the greatest DGDI. Whoa. Okay. okay. Well. Okay. Whatever. Guess, let's just guess... let's just get to the episode. I don't need to deal with you being the greatest all the time. It's the story of my life. <laughs> I guess she told you. Today's episode is all about differences and how if you take the time to recognize and acknowledge something or someone, it can really change your perspective and lead to pure acceptance. Can you imagine the world being totally accepting, which is our Gen G world that we all want to live in? If we can change societal perceptions, we can really get us to that place of total acceptance. So with the differences, I think the one thing that we need to do is just bring awareness to that differences are okay. And differences are not scary. We need to change everybody's perspective. We need to change society's perspective. That what is perfection? Why does everybody have to be exactly the same? Differences are beautiful. And I think that people just need to, to understand that, to accept everybody as they are. Just because you've been told or seen something one way doesn't mean it always has to be that way. The more you commit to understanding these different situations and perspectives, the more broader sense of the world you're going to get and the better understanding of the world and the people that live in it. I mean, it's um, honestly like these seeing differences and stuff, it's like learning a new language. I mean, when you hear it for the first time or when you see a difference for the first time, it may kind of seem impossible to like understand and conceptualize. But over time, the more you're exposed to it, the more you hear it, the more you're going to learn. And then eventually out of nowhere, you're not going to see those differences. It's just going to come naturally. It's like that language. You're just going to start speaking it because the more you're exposed to it, the more you're just going to pick up and learn. So, and I, I really think that's just how people need to kind of view it. It's yeah. just and I, understand. I think when you're learning that new language, you have to embrace it first. <laughs> because, you know, I think about you guys when you were in school and you're like, I'm, I'm not doing good in Spanish. I, I hate this class. I hate that. I didn't go to Spanish that, for three months. Right? I know. See? I hated it. So <laughs> that, that you were resisting. You were yeah. resisting that change. And then once you embrace it and you want to learn it, it comes to you naturally because you opened up your mind. And for differences, you can open up your heart. So I think that is really important to start speaking the universal language of acceptance. That's the most important thing that we can be. Universal be. language of acceptance. I like that. Yeah, yes. And mm -hmm. I think today our, our guest, Mika Caldwell, Mika. is Mika is an amazing <laughs> example of that. And her wanting to spread her message of acceptance of her son with Down syndrome and also being a black child with Down syndrome. She, there, she could not find one book. Not one book with a child of color in the Down syndrome. You know, it, it, it's hard enough to find a book on Down syndrome for kids. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> so not only finding a book of, on Down syndrome, but of, of, with children of color. Yeah. So her son stood out even more and not really knowing what to do. And she mm. continued to research. She said, and this was years ago when her son was a baby. And she was like, I don't want him starting school without a book about him and yeah. who he is. And finally did that and was able to launch that book last year. And, I, yeah. and, and now sense another one and it's just really eye-opening I know we, we carry that book in every single Gigi's Playhouse because there was no other books that we can get that represented that population and why not 
Why not? And I think it's also just really important to have that kind of stuff out there because it's that that exposure. And we talk about it in the interview, and we'll get further into it when you when that interview comes up. But yeah. it's just so interesting that when you expose when you just that exposure is so important and that's why it's something that needs to start happening more in the media especially is and it's and it's great that it's happening with so many different marginalized groups right now because but now as we see but yes it's still missing out on a massive minority group around the world because people with special needs are the only ones that are minorities in every culture that they're in so that's that, yeah that speaks volumes and exactly so the fact that there's that lack of I guess exposure and appreciation and understanding of those differences is why we are in that in the spot in society where it's not necessarily even being called upon when everything else is, and and, and as it's and not to put anything else down because there are very big social movements that need to happen and yeah. are happening, but this is one that's being left out, it and I think that her again, it, exposing it, that is yes. not even exposing that, but just trying to make those steps forward uh, is is a big piece in, in getting that this change to happen yeah and i think it hurts more now the second time around like i feel like oh my gosh when when change was starting to happen and, and groups were starting to step up and people were starting to listen i'm like thank you god it is finally our chance it is finally our chance for our kids to have a voice can for, i do my question now you can do your question in one minute but for our kids to have a voice and then to see that it's still not in in the disability area. We're still able to do all these. We're still able to use the R word without consequences. We are still able to do all these, you know, terminate full-term babies just because of a Down syndrome diagnosis. Organ transplants aren't available for individuals with disabilities or Down syndrome. How can that be? How could we continue to knock this population down and not pick them up? So I'm just really excited that she's just bringing awareness to um, a kind of, you know, a double... She's bringing awareness to our disability and to to the lack of and yeah, products. people of color, yeah, yeah, and for people of color in the, sure. in the disability world. So not only yeah. people, the disability world that's sorely lacking in resources. No, now we have this, and I love that she's filling that void. So what do we yeah. got for a Gen G shout out today, Frank? Well, I know Gigi is getting a little upset that oh. she's being skipped over. So I know Gigi has a question about acceptance. So, what do you got for us, Gigi? What does acceptance have to do with a little something extra? What does acceptance have to do with a little something extra? That's what a little something extra is all about. It's about finding our little something extra and sharing it with the world so they could become more accepting. I mean, that's what this show is all about, showcasing you, right? Right. And you having Down syndrome and that we want people to accept everybody as they are and, and finding their superpower to help them find that in themselves. Yeah. And I think. I really have a good answer, but. No, it's okay. And I think, I thought it was good. And then on top of that too, Jeej, I mean, everyone's different in their own way. I mean, people are different regardless if you have a diagnosis or not. And I mean, regardless of what you look like appearance wise, I mean, everyone's different in their, uh, internally. And I think when it comes to a little something extra, people are finding those differences internally and finding the things that make them who they are within them. And by doing that, it allows them to channel this, this inspiration and motivation toward wanting to bring that little piece of them and, and bring it to the forefront and, and showcasing it and making it their big, that big piece of them. That is their superpower. That's something extra. And, uh, so yeah, geez, I think it has everything to do with acceptance has everything to do with you something extra and it's accepting who you are and embracing that. And I think that's a, a big piece for people to kind of understand. Mm-hmm. Can we do the Joey G shout out first? 
This episode's Gen G shout out goes out to all the different advocates in the world. So advocates, in my opinion, are soldiers to those who are seen different. So they're the ones who take it upon themselves to help in spreading the, spreading the word on key issues or causes that we're trying to get people to recognize, understand, and acknowledge. And we are calling them out because they are the fighters. It's not easy to gather the world around your mission. And I think you know this. I mean, it's hard. You got to push. And, but you continue to keep moving until your voice is heard. And because there's no other option. I mean, there's instead of actually just giving up on your dream of, of pushing whatever this thing is you believe in, you can't give up. And that's the thing that inspires people the most to then join your mission because you don't stop. And so all, those, all, of, all of you that possess those little something extras out there that are using it to change the world, keep doing you and keep pushing. And, and we're going to keep giving you shout outs because you're the ones that are the ones that are changing the world. Change makers, that's right. Mm -hmm. Today, our guest is amazing. She is a super mom. She is a mother, an advocate, an author, and she has taken upon herself in creating a better world for her son to live in. And we are so beyond excited, aren't we, Deej? Yes. To welcome Anian's mom, Mika Caldwell. She's so much. Um, Anian. Anian. I, why, do I can't, why can't I get his name right? It's such a beautiful name. And I continue mm -hmm. to get it wrong. Anayan, Anayan, Anayan. I got All it. Right. All right. Now I will get it right the whole, the rest of the time. Promise? Yes, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <Jesus>. Welcome. <laughs> so, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. It's a, uh, it's a good day. It's the weekend. I have a three day weekend coming up. I'm excited. Oh yeah. Yes, yes. My I, the organization I work for is awesome, and they are giving us every single Monday off in the month of April for self care days. What? I'm taking it. I love it. I love oh, it. Oh, that <laughs> is fantastic. Well, tell us a little about yourself. What what goes on in your family? Why this Monday is so these Mondays are so special and sacred for you because you you lead a busy life. So tell us about your family, your life, and what's going on. Yeah, it is very busy here. So it's my husband and I, and we have six kids all together. We have three big ones and three little ones. So our big ones are, let me get this right, they are 24, 23, 20, and then our little ones are 10, almost 9, and almost 7. Oh, my goodness. So their birthdays are this month. So, yeah, extra, extra busy. And the Mondays, honestly, I just like three-day weekends. And like I said, our organization gave us Mondays off just for self-care. So I appreciate that because we're trying to do the work from home, school from home, everything else from home, and <laughs> juggle all of it. Um, it's a lot. So it's busy all the time. But that's what we are. I mean, I don't, I don't, I think if it wasn't busy, I'd be a little bit bored. Right. I think I you know, like I can relax and take time for myself, but if it wasn't all these things happening, and I was like, "What's next? What do we have right. to do?" Yeah, just busy. So yeah, I know That's you're kind of the same. Cut from the same cloth, girl. I'm exactly the same way, and so is my family. We're always, if there's nothing going on, we have to make something happen. Like we right. live in chaos, and it's just awesome. It's fun, and it's and we thrive on it. Mommy, it's what we do. Okay, she says I need to focus on the podcast. Okay, oh. sorry, Jeech. See, I just, because I see you and I talk to you like a friend and like a fellow mom, and I love connecting with other moms. And yeah, I, me. and yeah, it's, it's amazing. And you're doing such an amazing job in bringing diversity to Down syndrome 
and right. bringing these books. I mean, these were so needed, so needed. And and what a time. You know, you you were doing this before everything blew up last year. I mean, you felt this need for years. You have, yeah. you felt that void and you wanted to change that. And that's what I love about your book. It wasn't like, oh, there's commotion going on around around this right now. I'm going to I'm going to do it now. You were doing it before that. And that's what makes it so much more special to me. And I love the books. I love both of them. Now you have, last time I talked to you, you only had one. And we actually, I don't know if you, if you guys know. Yes, we yeah. actually purchased these for every Gigi's Playhouse location. And we want to continue to do that because the reason, you know, we we wanted, we want diversity in our playhouses. Yeah. We want to be able to have that stuff. And you're finally giving us the products that we can do that with. So right. cheers to you, sister. I am like so beyond proud of you and what you're doing. And and the second book, amazing. Gigi has it over there. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm excited to start the third book. These were, like you said, something that I wanted to do for a very long time. And since and I was pretty much when he was born, he started school when he was two years old. So I noticed that we didn't have any books to take to school. We didn't have any books to share with the children. Um, we just didn't have anything. <laughs> we, I mean, it was very difficult to find representation in anything. And so I was like, this can't just be it. We have to do right. something. And I'm not an author. Like, I didn't start out like, oh, I, I have all my author friends or all my <laughs> Nothing. I just started out saying, "Can somebody help me?" I don't know how to. I don't know how to start. Um, I can write a story, but I need someone to edit it, to illustrate it. So it just started from a journey a long time ago, and I'm so excited that it's been received so well. And I was just at um, our Gigi's Playhouse in Annapolis this past Wednesday because Anaya participates in the Amina Gray Speech and Language Program. Excellent. I love the program. I love Loyola. Um, <laughs> have a fondness for Loyola that's doing it at our, our uh, location. And I love being able to, to be in there and know that each facility, each location has a book that just warms my heart. And they always ask about it. And he always recognizes himself on the cover. And I'm just like, Let's, I, I think I'm, I didn't have a number before, like, ooh, what do I want to stop at? But I think I'm thinking like 10. I want to do like 10. I want to have like a nice set. Yeah. You know, buy a box of books. Um, I want to do that. So. all ages and and it'll be great i want to again keep them in our playhouses but i want to get them in our schools i want to get them in the community that's where the change happens you know when we have them in the playhouse you couldn't be in a more accepting place than a Gigi's playhouse you know what i'm saying but then we got to get them in the schools we got to get them out for the community to see and um that i would love to help somehow help you do that so we'll, we have we have a lot of work to do girl we are going to be working <laughs> we got to yeah. partner up and really get this going yeah, I, I definitely agree. The, the schools, the libraries, the doctor's offices, the therapy offices, all of those. And I have some wonderful supporters who actually buy the books, get to ship them to libraries. I had a co-worker who bought several. And it's the libraries in, like, Illinois. It's the library there. It's the library in, like, three other states that they decided to go ahead and send because they had affiliations with the library. I love and it. And I have another um, mom who sends the books. So really, any place that she sees there is a niece, like, we're getting two more books, we're getting three more books to send them. 
And I am just so excited. And we even have some people getting the books that are not even in the country. I had a talk with a mom from um, Ghana who yeah. <laughs> really their child and the children there. And I'm like, yes, let's go worldwide. I love it so much. 100%. Oh, that is Awesome. Well, we will keep trying to get this word out with this book. And, and actually, now that we have Gigi's at home, we're, we are serving families in 50 countries. So we got to get that book up there on Gigi's at home, too. Let yeah. them see it there. The okay, Gigi's, ooh, Gigi's like, focus on the podcast. Okay, fine. I'm sorry. All right. Okay, she has a question. And, and then it is so cute. How, how old is he? So he's six. He's going to be seven. On April 29th. Birthday's coming up. Birthday boy. Well, tell him I said happy birthday to him. I will tell him. He loves every celebration about him. So. (laughs) (laughs) I think I might have somebody like that too. Yeah. Are you done? I'm done. I'm sorry. (laughs) What is his favorite things to do? So he loves, loves playing with his sisters. His sisters are a little older than him, and he's still like a little brother. So he loves when he gets a chance to go into their room and play with them and all their toys. Uh, And his dog, we have a dog, Sasha, who's an American bully, and he loves playing with Sasha. He loves the pool. That's why I wait until somehow things change for COVID because he loves getting into the water. That's like our summer activity. And I'm still waiting on that. Like, let's do that so he can have fun. But he just really loves running around, being outside, playing with his mm. pool. He's very, very, very active. So now this is one story. Like, I know about the books. I know about all that. But I don't really know anything around Anayan's diagnosis or his birth. Did you know beforehand how it was on your family? You know, that just your backstory. Anayan was my fourth child. And he was diagnosed when I was 15 weeks pregnant. Oh, wow. And yeah, because of, you know, advanced maternal age, I think I had to go in anyway. I was on bed rest for my child before that. So it was already like after It was already me going to the doctor like every week. And then when they decided to do the usual test that they do for everyone, I didn't feel any other type of way. I just thought, oh, okay, let's just do the finger prick or whatever we need to do. And I wasn't expecting anything, honestly, because my experience, I have four kids. I mean, you know, I'm having Right. Okay, this is just routine. And I remember them saying, oh, you have, I can't even remember the number, you know, a one in whatever change. So I'm like, oh, okay. I still wasn't thinking anything. And then I had started a brand new job. And I was on the second week of that job. And I was pregnant. I started the job when I was pregnant. And they called me at the job. And I was like on my way out. And they said, okay, well, the test came back. And, you know, we suspected he has Down syndrome. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't even know what this means, but okay. Like, it was a shock because I hadn't met anyone with Down syndrome, especially black people with Down syndrome, and I just didn't know. But the funny thing was, my job, I was in HR for an organization that employed people with disabilities on all types of federal government contracts. So I was like, okay, I'm here. And then I was, you know, it's like, there's something in this. And I, just, I opted, I did opt for the amniocentesis because I just, I'm a planner. Like, I just want to know for sure. For sure. Right. And found out for sure. Again, it was just another phone call. It was just a come into the office. And it wasn't very positive. 
um, our experience, and I think that's a similar one with a lot of moms that I've talked to, a lot of parents that I've talked to, and I said this over, like, we went into the office, and they had his sonogram up on the screen, and they're like, your child has Down syndrome, and it's a boy, and what do you want to do? Do you want to keep your child? And I'm like, well, wait, this is what we came here to talk about? I thought we just came here to talk about, like, what does he need? What do we have to do? Right. My first question was like, can I still breastfeed? Like what? Like I'm thinking I have to get like equipment or right. <laughs> the planner in you is thinking ahead. Yeah. I'm thinking like, what do I need in my house? Like, how do I yeah. do this? But they just really wanted to know like, do you want this child? And I was like, this is horrible. And I remember just busting out crying. Like this is really? not how picture it is. And I remember asking them, like, do you have a family I can talk to, specifically a black family I can talk to? And they were like, no. And that was, like, the end of the entire meeting. They gave me pamphlets. And they had no one for you to talk to? No one. No one. And I took that, like, this, this really can't be the end of it. Like, I don't understand how you don't have any family. any. And we were, I mean, I'm in, like, the DMV area. I'm, not, I'm like, I'm not in some far place that you know right businesses family everything and then I remember going home and getting on the internet which we all tend to do and google for groups and things like that and I found an awesome group on Facebook and then I also found my church which has a special needs ministry which is awesome um and I found a lot of support there and I remember going back to that that facility and after nine was born and sending them pictures and saying you know this is who he is. We yeah. had our and if you have any family that needs the support like I did and you didn't have, let me know. Send them to yeah. me. Well, the chances are they probably had families that they knew of. They just don't really give those options there to them. There's there's one option and, and you chose not to do that one. Right. Right. So wow. that and I and that's not like my story is not a special story. This is a no. story that parents tell. Yeah. And it's trying to happen where we educate medical professionals on how to deliver a better diagnosis. And that was, Absolutely. you know, that's the whole point of it. Like, you have to give families choices, yes, but you also can't be negative about the entire thing. Right. That they go wrong. That's yeah, it's, it's really tough. And that, you know, we, we had another guest um, who was another absolutely amazing black mom with, a diagnosis at 26 years old, her first child, and they were trying to get her to terminate as well. And they told her, you know, 80% of people do. And she was right. like, so like that she'd be going against the grain if she didn't. And she right. was like, what? Like, I, I'm not doing that. But it was, you're right, no positive options. No, we're sending you, you know, getting you the help that you need, even though knowing that there's all these great places out there that can help. And yeah. And again, we don't, we never sugarcoat. Like we get so many parents here at Gigi's with a prenatal diagnosis and we never sugarcoat and say life's going to be easy because it's not easy for any of our kids. <laughs> it's not easy for any of our kids, but we do let them know that we're going to give them all the tools that they need. And when they need that up, we are here to support them, to lift them up, to empower mm -hmm. them, to be the amazing parents that they can be. You know, exactly. they could just, uh, you know, lead people that way and let them make their own decision it would be a much better world for all of us. But I, I, again, that kind of leads into me into more of that systemic dis discrimination, showing that there, you know, 80% of people terminate. So 
they're not worthy. They're not, you know, they're disposable. They don't need to be here. And it's just another form of that discrimination that, that, you know, makes it that much harder. And then you found it when you went to go in search of books of kids that look like your child. You know, it's hard enough to find books on Down syndrome alone. You know, the kids book that a, a great kids book, but then with any kids of color, and different races and stuff. I mean, like it—it it is tough. And I'm—I I, just—I'm so proud of you that you back then stepped it up. You know, a lot of times people jump in when something's popular and something's going on. You were doing this way before. You know, everybody else was was really jumping in the way they are today, which is awesome. Which just is is amazing. I think that um, your family must be so proud. Your kids must be so proud of everything that you're doing to represent. And my girls are excited to read the book. Like if they have you know, a book log, a reading log, or a chance to read it. They're like, oh, my God, Mommy, you know, you wrote this book. And I'm like, don't worry, I'm going to write a book about you, too. Yeah, that's right. Right. So, I think adding that sibling component would be a really cool one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because they're a huge part of his life. They have their own personality. So I just kind of wanted to give them that space, too. But, yeah, they're huge. They're completely different. They're opposites, if you can ever think of siblings being complete opposites. So they each lend something different to his life. I have my 10-year-old who is Aven, and she's more of, I'm going to play with you. You're my buddy. You can hang out. We eat snacks in the bed, get in trouble together, fight together, all <laughs> that. And then I have my almost 9-year-old, Pretty, who is more like a mom type. And oh. she's who helps him brush his teeth and feeds him and, you know, does and wants to buy things for him at the store and keeps him right. calm. You know, that yes. one complete opposite and it works like that, yeah. that. I love it and they learn so much I mean I when I think about my kids and, and how much Gigi learns from them right don't you learn a lot from your siblings yeah. a lot good and bad yeah yeah enough have been the best influence but <laughs> yeah absolutely but I will say it's so interesting that you say that Mika because I feel like that's kind of the same with a lot of the families that have um, multiple that of uh, kids with Down syndrome that have multiple siblings is that there's more of like the one that's like very nurturing. like nurturing, and then there's the one that's kind of like creates like the chaos and Bella. like all the, pl- the playing and stuff and stuff. So like me, there's no doubt I am Gigi's like protector. Like I'm such like a protective big brother. Like I like just. Yeah, I'm constantly like just like being overly nice to her and giving her things and making sure and that hanging like, out with her and doing yeah. everything amazing, right? He's amazing, brother. But then amazing. Bella, on the other hand, <laughs> and Romy are more of the like the ones that are like kind of make like a rambunctious type that kind of like make things just like chaotic in the house and are like just Fighting. having Gigi do like the most fun, crazy things. I mean, I do too, but at the end of the day, it's like there's that side and then there's the other side, and I feel like. It has to be a common thing in most families, at least from what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's awesome. That's different. Because you just get to decide, like, you know, if, if he's hanging out. I know he's always good, but it's like, which good is he? You know? everything, <laughs> 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 Or is he good because he's nice and he has a snack and free him <laughs> at lunch and he's catering to him. So it's, whichever good he is, I know he's always good. What is like writing a book? So, it's a journey. I mean, honestly, because I'm trying to get started on the third book. I already have the whole concept, and it's just you just have to put pencil to paper. But the first time I wrote, it was very, um, I won't say it was easy because it was the first time I was writing in order to put your story together and make it interesting. 
make it not long or boring because you got to think these are children who are reading these mostly. Um, and even I, like, I love to read, but I know by like the first, second page if that's the book for me or not. <laughs> so, so true. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that it was something good, but it was also just about him. And I remember us saying, if anything, if nothing ever happened, we wrote a book for him. So I, to write like that and to be free to write without it being something that, um, and I honor all, you know, professional authors and things like that, but also being able to be free to write, just to write, just to, you know, have that goal to educate, to empower, to bring awareness. It's a different type of writing for me. It's more exciting. And I'm not necessarily stressed about the end result, so to speak, because I just want it to get out to the masses. I'm not thinking about sales. I'm not thinking about marketing. Even though I have, you have to think about those things, but those are not like at the forefront because I'm just writing from a passion that I have for him and for everyone who has Down syndrome and for our black and brown people who have Down syndrome where we haven't been seen. So it's more of like a mission for me. Yeah. So it's fun because I get to kind of bounce the stories off of the other kids too to see like, you like this or are you in it or whatever. Yeah, right. So I'm as stressful as I'm sure it possibly could be. So I had a good time doing it. I like to read my favorite books is the uh, mysterious books. Oh, mysteries! Oh, yeah, she likes mysteries. Ooh, mysteries. Yeah, I like <laughs> mysteries too, and I love to listen to mysteries like on. If you've ever read a book, be on um, CD, like just to listen to it. Yeah, because yeah. the music is in it. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I love scary things. Yes, she does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you draw the pictures for the no. too? No, I didn't draw the pictures. I am not that skilled. Um, so <laughs> we had an illustrator. So there, the book looked different, as you can see. So the first illustrator we had, awesome illustrator, um, and I worked with uh, like a team of people to kind of help me understand how the process is to write the book. And so they had a lot of um, people that came through. Um, so he did the first book. And then the second illustrator yeah, was one. really... Yeah, that's the first one. And look at it now. Yeah, one. and so the and second illustrator is someone I found on my own um, with the help of my friend who also has her as his illustrator. Um, and she's a children's author as well. And it just popped for me. Cameron Wilson just took the vision and just went with it. And he added all these aspects of like the characters looking like us, which I really wasn't thinking of. Right. I love it. All. Like, I was like, oh, I just wanted to look like him. So he was able to, like, look through my social media and find all these pictures. And the girls look like the girls, my husband, me. And I was like, oh. That's, that's really cool. That's the way to do it. Yes. Because that tells the real story, the real you. Yeah. Sure. So the, second, so the rest of the book will have him. And I was also thinking, like, oh, should I do this first book over? And everyone's like, no, just leave it. That's, like, your first one. I'm like, okay. That's right. Yep. Yeah. I like to draw too. I will give you something for you oh. and, and for him too. Oh, she's gonna draw. So she likes to draw too, so she's gonna draw something for you guys. That would oh. be great, oh. Gigi. That would be awesome. <laughs> I'll make a cute one. You'll make it a cute one. Yeah. All right. So, so. Wall art. Mm -hmm. uh, that helps. 
<laughs> so in this time, like with everything going on with the social justice and activism, so many voices are coming up in, for so many different um, areas, whether it's race, gender, it doesn't matter what it is. There's so much going on. I still feel like our special needs community is not being heard. And, I, you know, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like we're, you know, and, you know, in looking at all of this and hearing where people are investing and where they want the money, where they want um, funding to go to bring awareness to different things, whether it be gender or race, um, you're not hearing about bringing money to disabilities. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm just wondering how, I, how you feel about that, what you're thinking about that, and um, where you're at, because it, it's, especially like you said, and, and actually our other guest who was that, that young mom, um, that young black mom who's amazing. And it's weird, like, like, you know how we say with our kids with Down syndrome? Like, so we never describe our kids with Down syndrome by their diagnosis. But I feel like when I say black mom, is that offensive? No, I'm a black mom. So I'm not okay, kidding. good. That's the way I look at it. But then I like, I go, oh my gosh, people get offended when we say a Down syndrome child. You know, when you say something first, you're first a mom. And then you're, but then I'm like, I don't know. I, I just want to be correct. I don't want to, like, that. that's what it is. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. why I'm asking. But so she she was an awesome, I mean, but she was talking about how not only did she feel alone because the doctor said 80% of you know, told her, like, well, you're going to be the 20%, like 80% of people, you know, terminate these pregnancies, that they're unwanted. And um, and then she was saying she also felt alone in the black community, that, that a lot of, she didn't, she had a hard time. She found that that a lot of times in the black communities, they keep their kids with special needs or with Down syndrome close to home, maybe just you know involved in their church, but not so much out in the public. They don't celebrate them like they do in other other areas. And I was like, that was so interesting because I've always said that with Gigi's too, that I'm always like, I, I feel like proportionately, we weren't reaching the black population like I always wanted to. Like we built this with free programs for everybody. The reason we work so hard to keep everything free is that so it's for everybody. No matter where you are in life, there, there's no reason you can't get free literacy tutoring, math tutoring, speech therapy, physical therapy. Like everything is free. But I, I still, there's still a lot of culturally places that I'm that we're that we're not reaching. And you know, some of it is in different parts of the country, different parts of the world. But just culturally, Down syndrome is in a different place. And I was, you know. Not surprised when she told me that today, but just really, it, it really made sense to me. And I just wondered if you have felt that. Yeah, I mean, that's similar. I mean, especially with just disability not being at the forefront of many issues, it's always in the back. And I know that I try to do what I can. So for instance, like in my profession, I'm an HR professional. And we always talk about diversity, inclusion, justice, equity. And I always question, you know, what about how people come into the office? Do we have doors for anyone that's in, uh, you know, a mobile a wheelchair? Do we have the ability to supply equipment to someone who might have, you know, need something extra for their keyboard or anything like that? And the answer is always, like, oh, we didn't think about that. And I'm like, well, you're you're othering a whole another population and you don't even realize that you're doing it. Yeah. And especially. For us, like you were saying, like, is it offensive to say, like, black mom versus people being offended about it, you know, being someone that says Down syndrome first as they're describing their children. But I think that's because Down syndrome is not seen as something that's positive all the time. So people are like, don't, don't do that with a diagnosis. In the other instance, being a black person is absolutely wonderful. 
Totally. So, that makes sense. Yeah, I totally so, get it. Oh, that makes me feel so much better. That makes, because to me, it was always like, well, that's what she is, and she's awesome. So it was never a negative to me. But I feel like in the world now, I get scared that, I, that I'm going to offend somebody or hurt somebody because I, I love everybody. I love everybody the same. And so when now you hear all this other stuff going on, that makes me so happy that you say that because I agree with you so 100%. I love yeah. that explanation. Thank you so much for that. And I think some people are some people are looking for something else, and that's when you just kind of ask the question. You yeah. know what I mean? Just right. say okay. it so yeah. you know because they're not the same. So we have to really cater to how they want to be addressed. Totally. Um, and be understanding with that correction. But I think we have a lot of work to do to understand what's necessary and needed in our space. And especially in particular, Down syndrome community. Because as Down syndrome, it's like the most common chromosomal abnormality or condition. Yeah. It's the most underfunded as well. Yeah. So you have Ridiculous. to think like, yeah, what, what is the determining factor? And how can we help like our local government, our federal government, our state government, try to understand that? And that's about building connections. And mm -hmm. same thing with CD Playhouse. If you don't have a lot of people come in there that are black or BIPOC, then you build those connections. Yes. I don't have to be intentional about it because people have reached out to me and said, oh, hey, um, can I have your son on my blog or my paper? And I go, oh, well, what is it? And they tell me, oh, it's something for the community. Da, da, da. And I'm going, okay, so are you accessible for every community? Are you building those relationships? Because I'm not going to have him just be a picture. Exactly. So what do and I had it was a while ago someone actually reached out to me about their community thing and of course it was not a profit you want to help but they're asking for pictures and I'm like you haven't built anything yeah so I can't just pictures and they never responded back they were just like okay never mind well, but I wanted I'm like you have to build these relationships they're not going to come out of thin air yeah and it's best build because then when you see someone that looks like you you're more apt to go in so you have to be intentional about these things and purposeful and in a mode of learning too, because it's not always easy if there's always been organizations or institutions that's been primarily white-led, Yeah. to then say, okay, we're gonna have diversity, and sometimes they do it the wrong way. Yeah, but well, here, you, let me use your son's picture so I'm doing that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you have to walk the walk. You have to walk the walk, for sure. Yeah. Wow. And we're not. Okay. <laughs> Well, we're going to get there, girl. I mean, it's 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 a process. And, and you know, sometimes, uh, you know, somebody was talking about something. They said baby steps. I said, not baby steps anymore. I'm done with baby steps. I am knocking. That's it. No more baby steps. Why the hell do we have to take baby steps? Other yeah. other groups aren't going to have to take baby steps. They get out there and say, in your face, this is wrong. It is time for right. us to say, in your face, this is wrong. And that's, right. I, I am so fired up about this. And I think it's because I, I started realizing what systemic discrimination is based on so many policies that are put in place that knock our kids down that people can't help it that they're this way. Like, you know, with, with our kids being in separate hallways in school, you know, that that just implies they don't belong with the rest of us, you know, and that that's that's why they don't hang out with them. You know, there's so many pieces to this. Like, I feel like I, I don't want people to apologize. I just want to say, it's okay. Let's just change it. Let's just not use the R word. It is not okay to use that word. Let's be accepting. You know, there's they've been taught that 80% of them are terminated. They're not worthy. They shouldn't be here. That's what they've been taught. It's not their right. fault, but let's change that. 
You know, they, yeah. they, they can't get organ transplants. They, they don't have to get paid. Legally, they don't have to be paid minimum wage. Let's change that. These are all things we can change. And as we change it, it will bring that awareness and hopefully bring them some respect. And so, right. I mean, which is exactly what they deserve in this whole less than mentality that they are not who, you know, they are not worthy of that organ or they're not worthy of minimum wage or they're not even worthy to be born, that they can yeah. be terminated at a full term baby in some of our states be, just because they have Down syndrome. Like, it's just, it's, right. it's time, you know what, I'm, I'm done with baby steps, Mika girl. I am ready to fight it out there. So we're going to be doing a lot in these next few years. Yes, we are. And we Hang have, on tight. Yeah. And we have a wonderful, wonderful self-advocate that I've met over the years. So, like, Gigi is one awesome. of them. You know what I mean? We have, yes. I went to the walk on Washington, and it's just so powerful because I always believe that a single person tells their story better than someone else telling it for them. Yes. if they have they can speak it, tell your story, and that's the most important thing. But you didn't see this years and years and years ago. You didn't see self-advocates. You didn't see organizations like this stepping up or fighting right. or bringing It was more like, you know, kind of in the shadows. Right. And, you know, regardless of the black community, majority or, I hope this is not the same going forward, but usually it's something that, you know, you keep within the family. It's not um, something that someone always seeks out resources for. And that's what I try to let people know. There's a lot of resources things out here and it doesn't mean this has to be every single thing you do right. you know if you want to go to the wall you don't have to do anything no. but just you know take the resources that are available seek out those things that can help your child um be the child they're supposed the to best be. he could be yeah celebrate that diagnosis and right. put him out there and challenge him every single day every single every, day well, every single day and again. build something so i'm just trying to do my part and actually trying to do my part with the black community and possibly in the future, like have like our black family reunion where we can see all these wonderful babies. Yeah. Event. So that's something that I'm, this is the tiny part that I'm trying to do. No, I, yeah. I something. love, I love the way that you're like going about this too. When you're talking about Mika about the self advocates and how they're, it's becoming such more of a prevalent thing nowadays because people have platforms and you can actually be someone that's just experiencing this every day. And you can have with social media and things like that, you can actually have a platform to do it. But I love the fact that you created this book because you're starting this conditioning in children's minds from a young age Absolutely. of being like, all right, here is representation. This is not just a kid like, um, what, like any of those kids books that you just can remember from when you're a child, like they're all like very much the same thing with this. It's like you have kind of taken it in this, a similar direction that most children's books are, but you actually have the proper representation in there. Yes. And it's when kids read it now, they're going to be like, oh, like I know there's a kid in my class that that has Down syndrome. Like I know exactly who they're talking about. And it's like going through what their what his daily life is. Yeah. Like he likes going to the grocery store with me. Like he likes playing with his sisters. Like it's. The Just exact like same thing that I like doing. So it's not as marginalizing to these children when they see it. So I absolutely love that you took that step just because you can always – it's not as easy when you're telling adults that, like, we need to change right now. Because they've, they've – like we were saying earlier, they've had this condition their entire life where the, the value on individuals with disabilities isn't necessarily as high based off of how – the, some policies in society are, are placed. So the fact that you're targeting that younger audience, that yes. next generation is what's mm -hmm. going to be so powerful. And I think that's how 
we need to keep our focus and keep that in mind is that the ones that the future are the youth yep. and that those are the ones that you need to actually talk with start us about and start, start that change. conversation because change. it's so hard to change people's thinkings you know when they're when they're older, they, their whole lives have been lived one yeah. way and, and trying to, but you know what? We got a whole new group of people, you know, all these babies, all these kids, all these children, the, the future of our world and where our kids are going to grow up in. Mm -hmm. And let's start with them. Let's start with the easy change by, and by just doing something like writing an amazing book. And that's, yeah. that's just what I think, you know, it's such, it, and it seems like it's, it's a book. And, you know, when you look at it, you're like, this is going to, this book is going to <laughs> go on and on and on and change the minds of so many people. So, you know, you look at one book and what that can do. It's just that ripple effect of how many lives you're going to change, Mika. So, as you know, our podcast is called A Little Something Extra. And what do you think is your something extra? What is your, um, what drives you? You know, what, what is your passion? What is your something extra that makes you who you are? You know what, I think it's just, me just having that heart to help people like i like i'm an hr which you know we help people but just kind of really trying to help families and children and do what i can like i have a i feel like i have my own lane so to mm -hmm. speak yeah um i can't do what you do i can't do what somebody else does i can only do what i do and i feel like me being able to reach out to the community, especially with these books and having an idea and kind of taking it and having a vision, I feel like that's my little something extra. Because I want to do so much more, and I try to take on so much more. Than I <laughs> one time. But that's the thing. Like I, like you said, like with the book, I just wanted to be like an everyday life with a nine. I didn't want it to be, this is him. That's why it's easy to kind of write because these are the things that he goes through. Yeah. Um, but like Pringle said, it's targeting children and showing how he is as a child. And it's a story and you can kind of dive into it and go, oh, oh, and he has Down syndrome. Oh, so yes, I have someone like that in my school or someone I know in my neighborhood. And it yep. just makes it all real and it's very just normal. Just normal. Like I love it. So mm -hmm. I just feel like that my, my just want to reach out to so many I can through the words that I write. If you had one message to the world, what will it be? Oh, to the whole world. So, um, I had this particular statement before that someone kind of mentioned, and it was like, what if we did? You know, what if we had it easy for children in school? What if we didn't kind of block them from our education, healthcare, resources? Just what if we did easily accept people into our community and didn't discriminate on anything you know like what if we just did there's so many things that you know our families have barriers to especially when it comes time to come to school and it's always these oh no we can't do that oh this is hard to do this oh and it's like what if we just did what, you know? if, we, what if yes put them in class with everyone else what if mm. we did just all the opportunities what if we did just let them on the same opportunity basketball team you know Kung Fu classes, gymnastics classes, and it didn't have to be something special where we have to pull the teachers to the side and say, oh, well, this is just what if we did. Just let them go ahead and conquer the world and get all the opportunities that they can. And what if we did just place all of our hope and our expectations on the things that we know that they can do? And just what if we did not limit them? That's it. Let's just do that. I love that. 
I that is awesome. And you know what the answer is to what if we did? We would be living in a lot different of a world. Yeah, It'd be a much <laughs> a different much better place, world. Without a doubt, there'd be wow. so much more acceptance. That yeah. was awesome, Mika. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, for writing your books, for changing the world, girl. Like, keep it going. You and I are going to get together and and do more things. We're going to get your next book out. I want to make sure that we can get it out to as many places as we can across this world and show the world that everybody deserves to be accepted just as they are. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Nancy. Thank you so much, Gigi. And I've watched all of our older young adults with Down syndrome. I watch like what you do and how you navigate the world and that just gives me hope. And it's more like, well, wait a minute. She did it. You can do it too. So (laughs) I definitely watch because I'm learning still as well. Well, thank you so much. And we are so happy to have had you on our show and that we met you last year and that we've been able to share your message at every Gigi's Playhouse. We will continue to do that and spread your message near and far, girl. We're so proud of you. And thank you so much for being on the show. And we'll have you back after, you know, when you get that series going. We know this is just the beginning for you, sister. I can't wait to see where you're going to go. Have a fantastic weekend. Thank you so much for being here. You are a blessing. Um, we are we're just so honored to have you and have your books in our playhouses and we will connect soon. Thank you so much. Thank you and thank you for continuing to live Generation G. Get it out there, G. Generation G. Well, mine is. <laughs> have a good one, Mika. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Wow, that was awesome. Mika is so inspiring mm-hmm. and stepping up where she saw a need. And any one of us can do that because mm. we, we see injustice every day. We see things that need to be done every day. Let's find something and just jump mm. in. I hope everyone out there was inspired today and that they will jump in. Think about differences and how you could make them better, how you can be more accepting. And just think about your little something extra and use that to dig deep and change the world. So get on out there. Be Generation G. Right, G? Right. Be something. Be kind. Hey, I'd say that's probably a pretty good tip. Did you say tips? Uh, I did say tips. Tips! Woo! <laughs> Today's tip are about accepting people. Always give someone a chance. If you don't give someone a chance, you miss out. Never judge a book by its cover. People who may appear to be different can, can be your best friends. The more people you give a chance, the more friends you, you have. Life is always happy when we have, have friends to share with. Those are my tips. So remember, be Generation G, a conscious decision mm-hmm. to be better every day. Put your G on your hand. Post it on social media and live it. Right, Gigi? Right. All right. We will see you next time on A Little Something Extra with Nancy and Gigi. Have a great week. Peace out.